Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. This one's another great one. It's with Russ from Steel Belly Barbecue in Algoma, Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin. This is just so cool. The Russ is great, so knowledgeable. He has a welding background, which is very cool. Get all into that. Talk about him going coming from California to Wisconsin to back to California to Wisconsin, and what it's like to cook in Wisconsin. With an offset cooker, it's his menu sounds fabulous. If you're just listening to this on the podcast side, I jump to the YouTube side because the photos of his food look so so good. His brisket is spot on, some of the best I've seen. I cannot wait to visit. I can't thank him enough for taking the time. I know you're truly gonna like this. You truly want to stop and visit Steel Belly Barbecue. So sit back, relax, enjoy this. Be sure to stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. We've been kind of road tripping all over the country like the last couple of years on our vacations. And it's like you find our our city name is Algoma and you'll find another Algoma. There's actually two Algomas in Wisconsin, but you'll find another Algoma or another Kiwani or another. It's it's weird that like the same names exist in other states. Yeah. Why are there, there are two Algomas in Wisconsin? I, I've never researched it. I have no idea. That's awesome. But there is. There's. And they're about an hour and a half apart, roughly. When I talk to people, I just like our hats say Algoma, but we're we're right outside of Green Bay. I mean, we're we're forty minute drive from Green Bay, so that's if we have to go anywhere or do anything, it's to Green Bay. So Green Bay, and and, and and people know Green Bay. If you mention Green Bay, that's probably oh, yeah. a lot more familiar. Mostly because of the Packers. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'd say yeah, probably ninety eight percent of people know it because of the Packers. Well, let's let's jump into this. You. Did you grow up in California then? So, yeah, I spent up until sixth grade uh, in Bakersfield. I uh, grew up in the valley there. And for a better way of life, my parents moved us up here um, just to get out of get out of California. So I came up here and like I mentioned before we started, it was like that was always home, you know, and it still feels like home when I go back. But I stayed here through high school, graduated high school, and we went back to California. And I've been back three times living there. And we got married here, and the rest is kind of history. And we spent some time in Pismo Beach, and that's where I kind of fell in love with the craft of cooking with fire, just because of the Santa Maria influence there. Yeah, no, and Pismo is a little gem, and we kind of talked off camera that. That's how did you end up there? Did you just randomly choose that, or had you visited Pismo and thought this is because so that's I, kind of I, random. I, I had a family member that lived there. My aunt lived there. It's like the place you always visit when you're a kid. Like if you lived in the Valley, you always went to the beach. There's just no place like it. And it's like, where else would you want to live in California except at the beach? And it's like the sleepy beach town and it's getting busier now. Uh, We still go back and visit every year and eat some food and mingle and uh, just relax. It's a cool place. Because you had mentioned off camera too, you're a welder. You by trade was that something that you were going into then or is that yeah out of high school i actually got into uh, auto body i went to tech school for auto body and um kind of became a welder as a byproduct of being an auto body guy and decided i didn't like working on new cars i only wanted to do like the old classic customs and hot rods and tried to do that on my own for a while and it just didn't pan out and uh, but welding was always something that you know, you, you take pride in building something with your hands. And I uh, did that for most of my most of my career, basically, from high school on. I uh, was in the welding field for, uh, let's see, almost 20 years. So, <laughs> Are you still in the welding field while you do? I'm not. Okay. No, we um, it got to a point where, you know, I like to be challenged and I like to keep my brain working. And welding just become, it became monotonous and still good at it but like it just there was no love left for it in what we were doing at that time when i got out of the welding i got bit by the barbecue bug and started in the backyard like everybody else started on a traeger you know just taught myself how to cook uh before i even got into the live fire and to the offset that's that's just kind of where i started and slowly started with a rack of ribs and it it quickly evolved and then you know we'd we'd have guests over in backyard parties and you always get the you need to sell this kind of thing and I said no way like never never thought it would be a career and it just it slowly kept evolving and the passion kept forming and we got asked to do a wedding for a friend and we we pulled that off you know I went out to Heritage visited with Danny and uh. his 
it was right when he got his first live fire ta table from mill scale that kind of just the whole live fire experience changed you know that really inspired me to like do what we're doing and then like like i wait, said wait, one, one quick second what is it about live fire because it seems like that's a bug that a lot of people catch what is it specifically about life you know like growing up growing up in in the valley in pismo beach they're they're known for san marie cooking so you go to the the farmers markets you go to any of the restaurants they all have san maria live fire pits and you can smell the red oak and there's something with the smell and the the sights the smells the the culture that i don't think there's anything like it traveling back and forth between california and wisconsin it was like we go on vacation and we eat all this incredible food. We come back to Wisconsin. It was quite boring. I think we did it for about three years. And I was like, we need to do something like this in Wisconsin. And that's really what, you know, kind of drove me to do it along with my father passing away. I'm sorry. And it like, when that happened, it like, it kind of set everything in motion for me. Makes Life's sense. too short to not do what you want to do. And I fell in love with cooking and fell in love with live fire. And I built my, my live fire table and just slowly started cooking with fire. And oh, you started with a live fire. Yeah, that was my, that was, I kind of did it reverse. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that sounds like it does. We, um, yeah, we started with the live fire and I started just, you know, doing burgers and tri-tips and nobody up here knows what tri-tip is. So mm. I worked with a local butcher to to harvest tri-tips for us. And oh, that's interesting. You had to actually kind of explain. I, they, they had no idea. <laughs> and like after they came back, they were like, hey, we we think we can get them for you. And I'm like, awesome. So the local the local butcher, they harvest our tri-tips for us. And they didn't know. They really didn't have any use for them. They didn't know what they were. They got ground into hamburger. And I'm like, Got Yeah, guys, got to use that. <laughs> yeah, well, and I cooked the tri-tip like three, four nights ago, and it's just it's great, and it gives you food for the next day. And as long as you slice it correctly, oh, yeah, it's butter, it's great. It's it's so good. It's one of my favorite cut of meat. You know, like protein wise, it's yeah. Obviously, we do a ton of brisket, but it's tri-tip is like we're slowly. You know, this whole evolution of Stovelli Barbecue has been about teaching you know, the cultures from everywhere else, Texas, California. So we kind of, we kind of blend everything together and we're slowly educating the, the region up here and creating a new culture all by ourselves. That's great. I wanted to jump back really quick because you mentioned something that a lot of people have mentioned and I don't hundred percent understand like what that exactly is like when you, when you said you were cooking in your backyard and then you did a wedding, like yep. that's, that's a jump. Is that a jump that, that you and your wife or that you were like, how, what was your mindset? Like, did you think, what if I screw this up? Cause this is a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a backyard wedding, but it was, I think we did 50 people. It's a fair amount. And I ended up cooking 40 racks of ribs, you know, for 50 people and like three sides and you slowly learn to scale and, and you just create it. Did they come to you and say, can you do this? Is this something you want to do? Or yeah, they asked. They asked if we wanted to. I said, "Yeah, why not? Let's do it." Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm always confidence. my wife Kim. She's she's been the the backbone of what we do, and I'm she's always more grounded, and I'm I'm more of like the forward, let's do it type of <laughs> character. It's so, important. It's important to have that. Yeah. So, like, with if anybody asks, I'm pretty much always like, "Yeah, let's let's do it. We can gotcha. do it." You're that type um, of guy. That's just how I. Yeah. And, you know, as we've continued to grow, you know, we've scaled a lot in the last three years. Uh, we actually just signed on a, a second food truck that we're going to be adding to the operation. So we have two pits now. We, we have the two primitive pits. We have the live fire table. We're looking at, you know, we've had some good discussions with M&M. So that's not out of the cards, but we're, we're looking at continuing, continuing to grow. And we're, right now we're focused on building building the catering side of our business. So weddings have become a, a real big part of our business along with the food truck. Um, but there's a lot that happened in between, you know, the food truck. I've never, I never wanted to be a food truck when we first started. I, I liked the pop-up style, but pop-up stuff obviously is not real. The health department doesn't dig it always. No. <laughs> so, so it's, um, it, it forced us to, to get into the food truck as the means of serving our food. And 
you know, we were fortunate enough to work at the local winery um, and they, they kind of helped us propel into the, into the forefront and gave us a space with a commercial kitchen space. And uh, that's our commissary. So our, our pits and our truck are housed at, at their offsite warehouse and it, it works out really well. So is that, that we can kind of get back to, but it's, is that where you pop up all the time and where you end up at that winery? No, or, so, so yeah, so we got, when we got started, um, once we got the food truck, we kind of just started hitting up the local farmer markets, um, got invited to a couple of those. And we did do some events at the local breweries, local wineries, um, just on the weekends and slowly started building our name. And then we got in to do a brew fest. We do a brew fest every year where they got 40 different wineries and breweries and uh, a handful of food vendors. But um, we got picked people's choice for best food the last two years, actually. Nice. Um, but the first one, that, that first year that we did that was that that propelled us to get on everybody's radar because we had the, we had the 500 gallon pit there and we were, I think the first year we did a sweet tea glaze burn end um, over our Elote casserole that we smoke and kind of blew the socks off everybody. They didn't know what, you know, nobody's had the live fire type stuff here and we're cooking out there in the snow. I think there's pictures of it on our Instagram where it's super heavy wet snow. It was like in the middle of March and like, you know, we get pit masters all the time. They're like, how do you cook in that stuff? And I'm like, we don't know any other way. Like <laughs> that's just, it's just what we know. It's how we, that's mm-hmm. all we have to cook in it. Cause that's what we live in. You know, what's funny is I, I never, I didn't really think much about that until, I don't know if you know Sheldon Mason at all. I've heard of him. Yeah. Well, I he, don't know him personally. He was uh, up in Montana and forever he would send me photos of like, he would be in the snow just, and it was freezing cold. Then he'd show me like his, like the coals, like he'd kind of dip his, or he'd dip his, uh, his shovel into the the ice or snow. And it was just, it was amazing. But then it made me realize, you know, all conditions, you can cook in all conditions. It just, you need to, you know, change the way, alternate the way you do it. But yeah, you know, last, last year at Christmas was a standout for us. You know, we cooked, Regular temperature was minus six degrees. Um, we had 40 mile an hour winds on Christmas Eve. And I think the wind chill was about 40 below zero. People ask, there's a video of it out there. My wife was videoing from inside the kitchen. She's like, I mean, it's like full on blizzard mode, you know, wind coming across at 40 miles an hour. And you're like trying to build the biggest fire you can to if you, could, if you could send that, I could I could pop that in there. That would be interesting while sure. we're talking about because that's really crazy. Well, now is that was that something that you just have to make sure you man? Oh, you obviously obviously have to work on managing your fire, but yeah, is it just is it more just more like more constant feeding of the fire or is it? You know, it's it is, and we have a. I think in winter time our air dries out. In summertime we have really oh. humid air, um. So it's it's been a learning curve of of building those bigger fires. We have an insulated firebox, obviously. Um, and the snow doesn't affect it as much as the rain does. Um, and then if anybody knows when you add wind, wind is like supercharging, uh, an offset pit. So it's, you learn to just build a really big coal bed, build a really nice clean fire and, um, you know, cooking in the snow is not, it's not as hard as people think it would be. And this maybe it's just cause. People are so used to like, like I told you, I'm I'm wearing shorts short and t-shirt, and sure. it's and it's and even if it's like 40 degrees outside for me, like I can wear shorts and t-shirt, but it's but when it's minus like minus six <laughs> or minus ten, like that in my mind, I think like, it's it's just also too you have to be the type of person that can stand that because there's some people that yeah. just can't don't like the cold and you know you have to layer like well, we, yeah we I mean it's a such a drastic difference from guys even in California or in Texas where it's 90 degrees and they're starting from 100 building a fire up True. and we're starting from zero building a fire up to hit the same temperatures of 250 or 275 like we have to have a much bigger fire so I think people find that fascinating because like people don't you just don't think about it but as I, that's one of the reasons too like I really want to talk to you because I knew that weather was a huge factor in what you do how did now how did you when you got your primitive was how did you seek out primitive was that something that you had talked to jd about or do you talk to other people yeah. And then... yeah i talked to jd um i actually i mean we hit up several pit builders i think we hit up mill scale and 
Syntex wasn't launched at that time, I don't think. And M&M wasn't really on the radar at that time either. Moberg had a, I think they they had a super long wait when we, yeah. when we had first looked. Um, and I think we still waited eight or nine months at, at the time when we got our first primitive. I, I had shopped around and I was like, we're small. So I ordered the 500 gallon first. Hindsight, I was, should have ordered the thousand right away. Um, cause I didn't realize how fast the, the 500 was going to fill up. Mm. And then, uh, within the year we, we ordered a second thousand. So it was, we have the two now they're both on trailers and they've been, they're awesome. So you have a 500 and a thousand and then the, yep. the live fire t- table is something. And I'll show a picture of that, of the live fire for people, but that's something yeah. that you, you built yourself. Now, was that, is that something like when you. Do you tweak stuff like, cause, you know, do you, can you, do you think you could physically build a pit yourself? Yeah, well, technically, yes. And I, I was going to, and then, you know, the price of materials started going up this right when prices were real higher, we were importing a lot of steel from oh, overseas yeah. and I priced out all the material through, through our weld shop. And it was like, it was, a, it was going to be a lot. And I'm like, you know, maybe these guys have these things figured out a little bit more. There's more science to them than what I know. And hindsight, I don't know. I think we probably could have built one, but it's, you know, for the money, there's, there was a significant amount of material. So yeah. I just, I wanted it to be right, right out of the gate. And I didn't want to have to mess around. So I, I bought it. The, the live fire table I built, you know, that was a couple of night after work project. And and we put that together and we've gotten to know several pit builders in the industry now. And we have a lot of conversations on what works and what doesn't. And, yeah, didn't you um, visit at M&M, didn't you? Yeah, we visited. So like this year alone, we visited um, Red Devil out in Bakersfield. Oh, cool. Uh, he's been, he's been turning out a lot of pits, Brad. He's doing a good job. Yeah, stuff uh, looks great. I talked to him weekly and I talked to Mike and the guys at M&M quite a bit too. So yeah, we, we took a visit to M&M and check out the Rook histories. And, that must be fun too. Like it's just nice to kind of talk shop and and see what yeah. people are doing. That's I I like it, and I'm not a welder, so I'm sure you as a former welder. Yeah, it's it's fun to see how everybody does something different, and they all put their own twist on it. And it's the same with barbecue. I think we visited, man, we must have visited 14 or 15 spots this year just on our road trips. And yeah, I, was, it's, I was jealous. Yes, I remember, I a lot in a good way, in the best way. Everybody cooks. You know, everybody puts their own twist on it and cooks it their own way at their own temperatures. And that's what I love. They wrap, they wrap briskets different in foil or paper or, you know, foil boat or everybody's different. And I've tried them all and it's just, it's fun. Everybody has a different flavor. Everybody has a different texture. Everybody has a different palette and it's all great. It's yeah. fantastic. Your brisket looks fantastic, by the way. What, what, how did that journey with making brisket start? Did it, was it online looking at YouTube stuff or what was? So, so yeah, we, we started, you know, I, I look back and it's, you laugh at like, you start with making one and then you make three and then you make five. And now it's like, I'm trimming 25 for the day every time now almost. And it's like, it's, you look back and you're, you know, now we're, we're so relatively small compared to a lot of the Texas or California operations. And, you know, we're cooking, probably 50 a week now is kind of our, that's kind of our number. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, for the most part, sell out. So we very rarely have any brisket left. And if we do, it goes into the chili. So like, uh, but it, yeah, we, we started with one and, you know, I used to do a mustard slather and, and we would, you know, sh- use a shaker and do each one by hand and, trimming gets faster and production gets faster and you, you keep doing more and more and more. And well, were you watching videos we, or were you talking to people or did you go try it? And... Um, yeah, I talked, I mean, I didn't talk to a lot of people. Um, it's, it's mostly just going and trying. And then there's obviously, you know, like Judd videos or there's, there's videos out there yeah, on stuff and yeah. the Franklin stuff. Um, and it's just, it's slowly evolved. And I started with, you know, wrapping in foil. Then I went to paper and then I went to the foil boat and then I went back to paper and I've done the cooking them all the way through naked and then wrapping them to rest in foil and back to paper. And you're constantly chasing the perfect brisket. Um, I love that. And we've, we've gone away from the slather and we've kind of worked on our trim to, to get it where it's at. And 
we do super heavy rub. Um, we basically dredge them and and play like it's in a sandbox and and we've we've that's kind of the way I like it. That's the texture I like. Um, I like the flavor profile of it and that bark, yeah. So we've we've really yeah, there's there's layers of bark there. <laughs> so I love it. No, I like that too. That's that's how it started, and um, it's just cooking. You know, like people, you you talk to other pitmasters, and everybody does something different. And you know, like for a while we were fo foil boating, and I talked to the guys in California. They're like, we can't do it. You know, we can't do it out here. And I'm like, I think our humidity has something to do with it. And we don't run a water pan, but I think our air is just so heavy that it that it allows us, you know, for a while we were foil boating and now we're not, but that's interesting. That makes sense. It's, um, you know, you talk to people they are like, how you doing this and that. And it's, you know, we slowly have started to, to talk to other people and figure out what's working and what doesn't. And I still chase, you know, I'll do one or two a different way out of the batch of 25 and like, Oh, that's great. Try, try and figure it out. You're, you're always looking for another edge to make it, you're always chasing that perfect, that perfect bite. So I love um, that. No, that's, the, and that's cool. That's, and that's something that you're passionate, really passionate about. And that's the people that eat your food might not know how lucky they are because you know, <laughs> I'm sure that it's not, there's not many, there's no one else around you that's making food like that, but, and so they kind of know they're lucky, but it also, it's great that you're really trying to, because your brisket, like I said, it looks killer. It looks like as good as, as I've seen. So I think that that's really, I want to talk about your menu and then the door opened again. Is there a ghost or is there, is that a dog? Oh, this... No, I have a dog that keeps coming. <laughs> Are you sure? There, now he's, now he's uh, shut. I want to, I would I was hoping I could tell people and also check out that there's a ghost twice. In the, <laughs> in the, in the, but uh, I'm wishful thing because, because Tejas has a ghost. And so that's, oh. Yeah, they yeah they have yeah it's actually they've caught it on camera doing things and at least that's what wow. Scott Moore <laughs> says. He sent me video and I made a video about it like five years ago <laughs> just for fun just to see if anybody sure. would watch it. Um, so at Steel Belly, how'd you get the name? And then let's talk about your menu. And then also yeah, the so the name you know I was a welder, like I said, I've been welding and dealing with steel every day is kind of where it it came from. Uh, um, and we were just. I was sitting at the weld bench all day and it's like when you're welding under the hood and you have your helmet down like you have a lot of time to think to yourself like i i don't know i was kind of it was like a name that just came to me while i was welding one day and it kind of stuck and we created the little logo and i love it we kind of branded it the rest it it's just it became its own thing and <laughs> no it's, it's catchy it's, it really is catchy and it's not like you're not, it's not your last name it's something that's that's different i like it that's where it came from. Okay. The menu, we have a couple different variations of menus. Um, it's, you know, first and foremost is our Texas style. And I love doing the trays and the sliced brisket and the sausage ribs. And, um, our culture was not prepared for that when we started doing tray, trays of food. Um, so it's, you know, we still utilize that when we're doing, you know, certain events. So wineries, breweries, that crowd seems to like it. Um, if we're at some of the markets, we do get some customers that want to come and do the whole sliced, you know, we build a big tray and they take it and the whole crowd's like, wow, that's incredible, you know? So that's what I love doing. But ultimately in our education of teaching the craft of barbecue to people, it's it's been a, it's been a struggle. Um, so like we have a big cult, sandwich culture um so we you know we obviously do our brisket sandwich pulled pork sandwiches um burn-ins are always popular i don't think we've ever come home with a burn end ever <laughs> so you know if, whether we make three pork bellies or five pork bellies or it doesn't matter that they go away uh, so we do brisket pulled pork ribs sausage turkey um, basically all the staples we do try to i don't have it on the menu all the time it, it has to be the right the right clientele to to take you know to understand it and to order it and but when we do it it's successful at the at the breweries and the wineries the the people that come for it know what it is and we often get compared to 
I haven't had this since I was in California. So it's, and that's what we want. It's, yeah. it's, it's bringing all of those cultures together to, to create what we're doing. They're exposing people to different things too. I've been kind of working on the city of Green Bay to, to do live fire cooking at the market and they have not allowed us yet, but I think eventually, you know, you just, we have to keep working them and it's, once we can get them to understand what it is and how it will completely change the landscape of, of what we're trying to do, it's, it'll be popular, but yeah. we keep working with them. Is it, is it because of regulations or? Um, it's, it's just, not... it hasn't been done. Yeah. It hasn't been done yet. So it's not familiar. A little, yeah. They're just unfamiliar with it. And, you know, you go to California and you'll have a whole street lined up with vendors doing it. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is it is different. It's it's also too. What is I wanted to before I forget. What can you explain what Wisconsin is like or Algona or Green Bay so for people? Because a lot of people haven't visited Wisconsin. I've driven sure. through. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so let I'll start with Algoma. Uh, you know, we live in a town of twenty five hundred people, twenty seven hundred people. Uh, so it's really small and we have yeah. three or four restaurants here and they're all bars. So they're bars that serve food. Um, it's where we're a food truck that serves food and not alcohol. So we have to work extra hard to, to get people to come just for the food uh, because we don't have that drink component that, that the, the local establishments do. Uh, Green Bay is a bigger market, um, but it's still only a hundred thousand people. Wow. Um, you know, so all of Brown County, where Green Bay is, is is about three hundred thousand people. Um, so it's still relatively it's 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 a yeah. small small metropolis for you know having the Packers in yeah. house. I feel like I have three hundred thousand people like within like five miles of where I live. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know it's still small town culture. It's just people like their 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 cheap drinks and I don't want to say cheap food, but that's that's what food, people like food to go along with their cheese. yeah so you know for us my end goal is to do a brick and mortar at some point whether it's here in our little town or in green bay or um you know that's that's on the radar um that's what i want to do and i want to create that live fire cooking experience crossed with texas barbecue on the offset pits and and really create something special that nobody's done in wisconsin are you getting a lot of repeat business we are yeah the you know the the social media has helped um we have a fair fairly sizable social media following yeah um and yeah i mean we get a lot of customers now like this friday we're doing a, a quick pop-up for our burgers we do a smash burger and a we're gonna do burger. Pies. i was gonna say you're a smash burger i had that on my list because that looks gorgeous <laughs> yeah so we we don't run them all the time um so like we do the that as a pop-up and we'll just pull the food truck up in our parking lot at our kitchen there and can we do a text ahead to order and I, we did it a couple of weeks ago we sold i think 260 burgers for the day and nice. sold out and it was it's a good day you know yeah. <laughs> so then but, like i think you probably would have some burger in your menu at all times like uh, just because people see it yeah so like uh, going back to the menu i didn't even get to finish with the sides and stuff um because yeah, I was talking so about mac this, and cheese too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do we do smash burger. Uh we obviously do a, a smoked brisket burger similar to every other barbecue joint. Um there's only so many ways you can do it. I make a I make a barbecue bacon jam that we put on it and oh, cool. we use our smash burger sauce on it and it's really good. Um but that's that's another, you know, I don't run them all the time. It depends what we have for trim and brisket and sausage and we have to mix and match and use it when we can. And um, sidewise, uh, we do we do the basic slaw. We do a loaded potato salad that has become super popular. Um, that's a Yukon Gold with we load it with bacon, green onion, and cheese. Uh, we do a sour cream sour cream dressing in it. Um, so it just tastes like you're eating a loaded baked potato, but it's cold. Uh, mac and cheese. We we waited a while to do our mac and cheese and. Once we brought it out, it's become a staple. Um, we make anywhere from 40 to 80 pounds of cheese a day um, on a food truck is a lot. So we figured out the systems to make large quantities um, and, and to do it fresh. So we boil the noodles fresh and keep making fresh batches. 
So everything's small batch and it's always fresh. And and you're using a local, like a local cheese? Uh, we do. We, we, switch, we switch back and forth. So I, have a, I do a white cheddar mac. Um, we have a local farmer that owns a cheese factory that we've been working on doing a, I want to do a snow cheddar mac. So oh. it, it'd be a very Wisconsin-specific cheese. Um, nice. that's, that's locally, locally made here. So, and then, yeah, uh, because Wisconsin, obviously people know it for dairy and yeah. cheese. <laughs> you know, everybody wants us, you know, cheese curds are popular up here. Everybody wants, they do the battered and fried cheese curds. And I have a friend that runs a cheese curd food truck and that's, that's his jam. And oh, really? he, does, he does it better than anybody. Um, yeah, like, you know, what's funny is a lot of, because I used to, in a past life, I opened, I helped open up cheese shops and we never so often get cheese curds. And I didn't realize how squeaky they, they are when you, yeah. they'd love that. Like, I think most people probably haven't had cheese curds in their life. And if you, if you ever get one where they're, you know, the cheese curds made that morning and they batter them that day and fry them like all within a, a short window, mm -hmm. it's unlike anything else. They're incredible. Oh. Okay. Well, then I visit you. I want to try that. <laughs> for sure i'll have to go so is he does he pop up often too like around where you yeah, do he's, he's he's all over the place oh, okay. he, we all kind of do the same events the same markets the same oh cool weekend festival type things and um but it's, it's fun we've gotten to gotten to meet a lot of great people through the food truck yeah it's nice and it's also, it's, it's also people that have a similar mindset that's nice to kind of connect with those people we do slaw we do a, a lot of people up here i i like a Pinquito bean or like a ranch style bean that's a little bit more savory. Oh, cool. Uh guests up here they they tend to like their sweeter baked beans. So we we do offer two different bean variations that I rotate in and out. We do elote casserole that won us an award. So everybody does the elote thing. It seems to be pretty popular now. Mm -hmm. uh, we mix it all together, put it on the pit, smoke it, uh, dust it with fiery Cheetos. Ah, uh, nice. It's <laughs> a fun one. Um Mac and cheese, two different variations of mac and cheese. Um, we do a smoked cheesy grit. Um, that's grits are another one of those culture things. Like the people that have them, they they really love them. But you got to educate the people on what they oh, yeah. are. And so people are probably not very grit. familiar with grits in Wisconsin. I'm sure. No, <laughs> <laughs> but we do a smoked cheddar in that, and a little bit of sriracha, and it really. It packs a punch and it's they're really good. Yeah, that'd be delicious. I don't know. I think a lot of your stuff, it sounds like once they try it, then it's yeah. yeah. And it's it's like that's been our, you know, it's I always joke that we were educating or changing the culture one tray at a time or one plate at a time. And that's been the whole focus is staying patient. I'm not always the patient kind of person. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's just educating. You know, you have to keep educating and, and keep teaching everybody and we have, I, I mean, we've, we've done some, we've done one class, one cooking class. I'd like to do some more. Um, and maybe even some coaching, like one-on-one -on -one type pit master stuff where they can come and shadow and, you know, we're cooking enough, enough proteins now where it's, it's, it's a full time. I mean, it's, it's more than full time. <laughs> so give, give people the opportunity to come and learn and bounce ideas yeah. off each other and talk business and shop and, when we first got into it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of business owners willing, you know, not a lot of people share the information about the business of barbecue. Um, it seems like everybody has content on, on creating good food, but there's not a lot of content out there for creating a great business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we started from ground zero and we built up what we have and it's still moving forward and we're still learning and growing. And I like, I like talking shop. So. No, that's important. No, I've often, I've often thought that's something that I want. I wanted to do a series of the business of barbecue because I thought that would be something that would be really intriguing to people because people, you know, everyone thinks that they can cook or everyone's been told, like you said, that they have, um, you know, backyard skills and, oh, you should take this and make this a business. But it's when you running a business is completely different than just cooking barbecue. So it's, um, I'm not, I'm not going to put this part in, but I think that's, it's something that, uh, I think people, but I, I just don't know who would, who would want to, uh, a lot of people don't want to divulge stuff because maybe they just, you know, they don't want to, because some people aren't good business people. And so they, 
they don't sure. want to talk about it. I, I've worked for two barbecue people that were some of the worst business. One guy in LA, whatever, for him, I had to go every single day to Wells Fargo to reverse bounce checks. And, oh, no. and it was, cause I was managing his restaurant. Like it was awful. And the guy, one time the banker stopped, he said, Kevin, he said, if you talk to Michael, let him know that with the amount of money, the fees that he's racked up, it was 38,000 in one year of, of fees. He said he could hire another employee or, uh, he, oh, just, yeah. he just mismanages, but like a lot, but because a lot of people don't know how to run a business, it's not sure. And you know, we, you know, I shouldn't say that we knew, but we, we had to learn, and it, it's it's been a, a learning curve. And I'd say we're on the we're on the higher end of the successful businesses in the food truck yeah. realm. Um, there's, I think, a lot of them are struggling right now. Um, a lot of them are cutting corners to. Yeah. save money and quality of goods and it's not you know we've always had kind of the zero compromise mentality and you know we're always using certified angus beef and we always use fresh products and we make everything from scratch all the time and you go to the local establishments and they're scooping coleslaw out of a tub that they ordered in and it's like yeah it's just not the same um it's it's not the same and it, it's a, you could tell the difference and also it just shows like a kind of a lack of of caring it's more so and it's but a lot of people feel like they have to do that because to make any money and it's it's a shame yeah. because because i think that what you're doing as long as you stick to your path i think that that's that makes a lot of sense because people you'll get that repeat business you'll get people realizing that they had to pay a little bit more but they're getting something special like how how was the mindset too with pricing where people when we first came out we were um higher um, yeah. I've actually last year, we lowered prices a little bit on some of the sandwich stuff. Um, and, but our volume went up. So by, by dropping your sandwich, $2, we sold, I'd have to look at the percentage, but we sold more sandwiches, you know, and, and made more money so at a lesser sense. price point. So, you know, that can become a slippery slope though. If you're not selling sandwiches yeah. and you're losing money, yeah, yeah. um, but for us, it's been successful for pricing. Obviously, the trays, the trays of barbecue is a is a price shock to people because nobody's prepared to spend a hundred yeah. or a hundred and thirty or a hundred and forty dollars on a tray, and they're just not used to it. Mm -hmm. It's like they they can't fathom, even though they're going to feed four or six people off of it. They just they're not accustomed to it. Yeah. So you know they're used to to going to the local establishment spending ten dollars for food and drink per person and like yeah. they're out of there for 40 bucks like yeah, yeah and it's it's hard to achieve now um kind of anywhere you go but there we have we have establishments that still try to they make their money on their alcohol not on their food so mm -hmm. yeah yeah they could they can as a loss leader like they could lose a little bit of money off the food or, or break even because yeah. they're, they're making so much money on alcohol. Like, yeah, it's it is tough and it's interesting. I'll I'll see trays all the time or platters come like come across my Instagram. I'm like, that's 190 or that's that's 110. That's good. Like, like people, it's just funny how like some, and and also too, like I, I see people that you know that would want a free tray. And I'm like, that is wrong. You should not take a free tray for this is someone's business, someone's money. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's it is. You know, we've yeah, we've been blessed, like as as we've traveled and gotten them. You know, we're we're all friends on Instagram, but like this last trip to Texas, we got to meet so many guys that we were friends with on Instagram, but we finally got to meet them in person and eat their food. And it's like I want to buy everything that I can to support their business. Um, and a lot of them are like, "Oh, you got to try this and that," and they keep bringing extra stuff up, and it's like. Yeah, that's uh, that makes sense. Like that stuff, like I'm okay with someone bringing out something extra, like to see you got to try this. But yeah, like I, I, I'm not cool with the people that like go around and like want free food constantly because this is sure. like I, I want to support these people and above support them and like you know support their employees or if I could do anything to because it's it's running a small business and also too because I love the culture and the people so much. I don't want this culture to die. I don't want this. I don't want barbecue to go away or these restaurants to fail because you know yeah. that's. It's part of what you know what I love about these all well, my friends. I want them to be successful, and yeah, it's it, sure. is, it is wild. But you got it. You really did get a chance to go to some really great places too. Yeah, we went. Um, you know, I think this year we went. The California trip was good, and we're going to do another one here, probably end of February, March, maybe. Let me know because we'll if I'm still around, I'll like to hang yeah. out. Yeah, and we um, 
you know, we always hit up Danny down by Heritage. Um, Moose was gone last year on vacation, so we didn't get out to Moose. Uh, Nick Predite up in ah. Los Alamos is a tr- unbelievable gem of a of a spot. Like people need to go out there and, yes. and do that. Uh, we went to Rough House, Jason over in Oxnard. Oh, cool! Uh, doing really great things. Yeah, his food looks great. Uh, Mike's backyards up in up in Bakersfield and Red Devils up there, so we went and visited those guys. And then in Texas, I think we did nine. We did nine in five days. And I was brisketed out at the end. My wife was like, "No more brisket this week." <laughs> so, I think she's stuck in for that. That was, you know, something. It was funny because I in a previous life I was married to a vegetarian. <laughs> So it's like that made my life really interesting because we'd always have to cook two meals or, or I'd have to, you know, I'd have to eat a lot, lot less meat than I want to. And I don't eat like meat for everything, but it's still, it, it makes it hard when you're with somebody that doesn't eat meat at all or is <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's like, yeah, by Friday, uh, Friday of the Texas trip, we were like, my wife's like, I can't eat another slice of brisket. I'm just. Yeah. Well, you, then you can yeah. eat, there's a lot of other options, <laughs> food options in Texas. Sure. Oh yeah, we and we did. I mean, we we went, you know, we went Goldies and Burnt Bean, and um, I mean, we, it was barbecue heavy, obviously. But I think we squeaked in an Italian meal and a burger meal somewhere, probably. Are, are you seeing uh, the culture of barbecue change at all in Wisconsin? Are you seeing other people trying to cook or cooking at home or buying offsets or? You know, there's you know, as far as commercially, there's not really. I think Milwaukee's got a couple offsets now. Um, and those guys are still doing pop-ups. So it's at the commercial level, no. There's there's we're we're basically the only ones. There's I think there's one other food truck that has an offset. Um, so those are a handful. I mean, there's not yeah. they're not very popular. Um, I shouldn't say popular. Their businesses are probably popular in their in yeah. their area. Um, but I'm saying offset offsets in general aren't really that popular. Everybody that's commercially cooking is mostly doing the pellet thing or, yeah. you know, the gas assisted stuff. Um, the old hickories or the, yeah. So it's, it's just, um, yeah, they, it's not super popular and I don't know why, but it's a lot more work. Um, obviously just sitting by a fire all day, that's, it's a dedicated job and mm-hmm. um, it's my passion. Like every day that I'm sitting by the fire, like I'm just in absolute heaven like cooking my cooking my food and it's i was going to ask you that but that you've already you just answered it yourself that's that's killer that's really cool because i was asking if you enjoy it and if you you like that i think that contemplative kind of zen uh focused atmosphere is is really great for the soul yeah and it's you know it's you know i it's i don't eventually we're gonna have to find another pit master to help out as things continue to expand and we're, we're prepared for that. We're, we're preparing for that. Um, probably this year for sure is, is going to be one where we need to have a, another pit master on hand just to keep up the demand. Um, and it's, I think we have our systems in place. That's the, the one thing that we've worked on as we've scaled and grew is, is putting the systems in place to allow us to scale and keep our food consistent and the recipes. And that's important. It, it's, we can scale now. So like, you know, there's days that we, our, our larger vending days are a thousand to 1200 customers, um, wow. you know, and we can do that. So it's now we're adding a second truck and it's being able to double that. So um, that's, that's the goal for this year is to get that truck staffed and the other truck running and catering and continue to grow with it. And then 2025 possibly would be the brick and mortar, not this year. Ah. Uh, I'm not going to rule anything oh, out. Oh, but probably not. Chances are. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, if the if the space becomes available, that's right. And gotcha. I think, I, you know, we're I'm trying to be patient with it and let it happen organically. Um, I, I want to, you know, like I said, I, I want to force myself into one, but it's probably not the smartest business decision. So, yeah, um, we're just we're I'm trying to let it happen organically. And when the right spot comes, we'll know and you know, the, the following will be there and yeah. it'll all work out. Yeah. For us, um, you know, like the brick and mortar, obviously as the end game, it's, it's going to be, we're, I think we're going to be not an uphill battle, but I think we're going to have to create 
a true destination yeah. to really be successful in what we're doing. Um, you know, we'll, we will have that local support from, from our locals. Um, but I don't know if it's enough that the business can thrive yeah. on it, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's hoodoo's in the same boat. They're up in Connecticut and they're doing great, uh, you know, obviously. Um, and, you know, that's, that's one of those things is like, we're not in Texas and we're not in California where, where mm-hmm. there's the huge population. So we, we're going to have to turn ourselves into a destination where definitely people are going to fly here and eat our barbecue. Yeah. Well, I said that's like, like I mentioned Blake, like that's something too, like you have to create something that's, that makes people want to drive out and visit. Yeah. Like who do is that? That's a, and it's, and actually those are people too, that you can watch from afar and see how these people are doing it sure. to make it work. What's, what are the nearest cities that people can fly in to visit you? Green Bay will be the easiest Green Bay or Appleton. Um, Green Bay is going to be a bigger airport. Uh, but there are a lot of direct flights, uh, especially if you fly like a Legion Air. Okay. Um, they do the one way in, one way out, out of Appleton. Oh, cool. um, Appleton's probably a 45, 50 minute drive to oh. Algoma. Um, but, you know, if you look at our calendar and we're in Green Bay, um, you know, we're coming into the Packer off season, but we do all the Packer home games right there at Lambeau Field. Um, so oh. the trucks you set up there for if you're traveling in for a Packer game. Oh, awesome. Uh, we're real easy to get to for a Packer game. Um, but it's, uh, so yeah, Green Bay is 40 minutes. Um, otherwise Milwaukee is about an hour and 45 minutes to the airport from, from where we are. So that's not bad for anybody in California or yeah. Texas. We're used to driving, but for other people, it could be, that's too far away. <laughs> but then, you know, for, for us, that's, a you know, what is that? That's a hundred and 130, 40 miles, I think like to Milwaukee. And it's like, right. we can 20, go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's twenty miles. Twenty miles for me going somewhere. So I drove the moose. It could take me an hour and forty minutes. Sure. That's yeah. So, so it's it's um, we're not super hard to get okay. to, and it's it's basically all country country living and uh, small town, and we're right on Lake Michigan. So it, I mean, it's it's a scenic drive, and there's there's hotels right right in town here where you can stay at the stay right on the lake. And well, that's yeah, that's awesome. That's and it's important to do those things in your life. I feel like it's important and they can come visit you. They can come, they can go other places and then they could explore. And then Milwaukee, like, you know, that's something people do travel to Milwaukee for business or people do go there. So yeah. that's an hour and a half, like hour and 45 minutes. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something. And I think that I'd watch something on Milwaukee. Milwaukee is an up and coming city. Like there's a lot of, are there a lot of cool breweries and things like, even though it's oh, yeah. known for beer, but. Yeah, that's a big, there's a big food scene down there. Yeah. And like you said, the, the breweries and wineries are seem to be everywhere now. Um, yeah. So they can go anywhere. And our local, our local winery in town has been a big advocate for us and they've helped us grow and they're, they just launched a distillery. Uh, so they're doing spirits. Also, and That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. There's, there's more stuff coming in the works, I think, but you know, collab between a lot of great, great things going on in our little town. Nice. And so you is, is the best way to find out where you're going to be? Is that through your website or through social media or Facebook and Instagram is, is okay. going to be the most up-to-date. Um, I do try to update the website, but I'm slow at doing the website and Instagram's just at your fingertips. So okay. it's Instagram and Facebook are, are always going to be the, the best for where we're going to be for the week. Okay, I'll put links below, but what, what are the, what's the, what is it? Steel belly. Yep. At steel belly BBQ. Mm-hmm is on both Instagram and Facebook. Easy. Super and easy. the website stillbellybbq.com. And they, you could also buy merch? Yep. We got hats, t-shirts, sauce, rubs. We got two rubs that are on market. We're, we're working on bringing our mustard sauce to the line. Um, oh, cool. It's just been a slow, little bit of a slow process to get all that stuff put together. Um, Always. But is. it's coming. So. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you want people to know about you or your business before we log off? Uh, not not too much. Um, you know, I just can't express how much we we have a passion and love for what we're doing. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that passion. And our food is not like others. Um, you know, in traveling across the country, we're we're up there with the who's who of barbecue. And um, you know, it's we we're humble in it, and it's it's truly a passion. Like it's it's what we what we live for. And what what I love to do and it's it, it shines in our food I think so I think so too no and I think that you know after watching this or listening to this 
people will know that that's something that's and that's what was important that i wanted people to to come across because like your food looked fantastic and then now they there's a reason why that is it's because you care so much and that's yeah. that's awesome and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to order a tray of barbecue you know that's the you know if, if you've never had barbecue order a tray and like experience it how it should be definitely um you know going back to the menu items you know game days and depending on the event we we have a quick service menu where we do our loaded mac and cheese bowls we put brisket or pulled pork and sauce onions nice uh, on top of our mac and cheese and it's like this stuff is so popular but it's not the way it's intended to be served but it works for those events and um you know obviously sandwiches are always a staple so so people can come up and say what can people just say build me a tray oh yeah absolutely okay yeah I don't, you know, depending on the event, the venue, you know, if we're at a brewery yeah. or winery, I'll have it on there as a la carte or plates um, and we can do it. And we always, you know, the people that know barbecue, they're like, I'll take one of everything and then I'll just build them. I love that. That's, yeah, I know. That's how we want to do it. And that's how I order when I go everywhere. I'll be like, yeah. I want one of everything. <laughs> yeah, just exactly. That's because how are you going to know? How, how in, yeah. in my silly mind, that's the only way you can figure it out. That's so. excellent. But thank you for so much for taking the time, and thank you too for sticking in with my hectic schedule because my Anytime. life has, has been just <laughs> backwards and upside down. But I I appreciate you, and I pre appreciate this, and I I cannot wait to visit. And also too, Wisconsin's a place a lot of people haven't visited, so get out there like and, and travel and see the United States. This is a place that and and then it, across so you said Lake Michigan, so Michigan's on that side is. Yep. Uh, and then Minnesota's right there, right, too? Like, isn't that not yeah, right there? Yeah, so from us, we're we're about a six-hour drive to Minnesota, mm -hmm. uh, if you want to hit the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, I know there's there's some spots up there, and yeah, there's 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 barbecue everywhere. I mean, really, if you, you start to look around, there's barbecue everywhere, and yeah, it all needs to be <laughs> shared. And, you know, I, that's one thing I do is I, I try to share, you know, like, obviously the podcast, you guys, and Tales from the Pits, and the pit builder stuff, like, you know, the ones that I'm friends with, or I try to share everybody's stuff because it's, it's important oh, yeah. to keep spreading the love of barbecue and, and keep growing the culture. Mm -hmm. It's the only way it's going to. I agree. It's funny because I see a lot of people just share their own stuff or just like, like it's a, and it's like, really like this is so this is like social media there's a lot of beautiful things there's a lot of beautiful pits being built yeah so we i mean we're we're always welcome i and everybody that we've had a few people reach out already this year that say they're going to travel up to see us so cool. i'm like we welcome you with open arms well, always welcome wait. here and can't wait to serve you i can't wait